Oh, we got a jam-packed football show for you today. We got all the latest on the Deshaun Watson suspension. Hey, I got a question for you. How confident should Chiefs fans be in a Tyreek Hill-less offense? One Chief says, oh, we're going to be just fine. And which coach, not named a coordinator, will be leading Matt Jones in that Patriot offense? We got a name. Good Tuesday morning, everyone. First things first, Jenna Wolf, happy to be back. Nick Wright, Kevin Wilds, Chris Broussard. If only I could come up laminated with one coach pencil behind the ear that could possibly run the Patriots offense, Nick Wright. Who, who could it oh, be? Oh, if only, if only you could. And I have a lot of Kevin Wilds jokes about this because he's sending old MVP odds, but and his baby goat's getting coached by a defensive coordinator. But Wilds, but Wilds can't even get his audio plugged in, so I don't even know if he can hear me Wrong. right now. Wrong. Wilds is, is a mess this morning. Oh, oh. Jokes so, on oh. you! Oh, oh, look at you! Back. Welcome back, everybody. This guy. <laughs> All right, we got a lot to get to. We got to start in uh, Cleveland this morning. So, yesterday we learned Deshaun Watson has been suspended six games for violating the NFL's personal conduct policy. Well, the league released this statement Monday on the ruling. We thank Judge Sue Robinson, the independent disciplinary officer, for her review of the voluminous record and attention during a three-day hearing that resulted in her finding multiple violations of the NFL personal conduct policy by Deshaun Watson. We appreciate Judge Robinson's diligence and professionalism throughout this process. Pursuant to the collective bargaining agreement, the NFL or the NFLPA on behalf of Watson, may appeal the decision within three days. In light of her findings, the league is reviewing Judge Robinson's imposition of a six-game suspension and will make a determination on next steps. So, guys, the NFLPA had said on Sunday they would not appeal the ruling. So, Nick, let me ask you. The NFL has until Thursday at 9 a.m. to appeal Watson's suspension. Do you think they should? I think they should, and I think they absolutely will. And I think they will for two specific reasons. One is the optics of this just initially, before you even got into Judge Robinson's reasoning, it are untenable for the NFL. And while we understand, and people that have been following this very closely understand, that the league, the commissioner and the league office, wanted a, at, a suspension of at least a season. An indefinite suspension that started at one full year. I don't think the casual observer gets that. I think the casual observer gets their New York Times headline or their push alert or sees the headline on Twitter. The NFL suspends Deshaun Watson for six games. It's like, oh, what'd he do? Oh, credibly accused of sexual misconduct by 24 <laughs> women, by more than 24 women. I think, I think those optics right. are untenable. I think the other part of this, once you dug into her decision, Brew, that I think has rubbed up, that has bothered quite a number of people, and I mentioned it as soon as I saw it on the air yesterday, was her distinction in calling this, quote, nonviolent sexual assault. And I think there are a lot of people and a lot of advocates out there that would say that is an oxymoron. The idea that there is such a thing that exists 
that is sexual assault, but it was nonviolent. I understand the NFL's rules distinguish it based on the Jameis Winston incident from a few years ago where he's alleged to have groped an Uber driver, and they call that nonviolent sexual assault. But again, I would argue, a lot of people would argue, that is violence. There are different forms of violence that don't always involve punching someone in the face or leaving a bruise or a mark on their body. And so for all those reasons, Chris, I think they absolutely should, and I think they absolutely will. I don't think this is a tenable position for them to hold, that he is only going to get six games, and they have the full power to appeal, and then they appeal to themselves and impose whatever they want. Well, Nick, I think they should as well. I think they will, but I'm not nearly as convinced as you are that they will uh, for a few reasons. One, I spoke last night to a sports attorney on our radio show, The Eye Couple with Rob Parker, and he said that it's a bad look for the NFL to go through the, you know, remember, it used to be uh, Roger Goodell is the judge and the jury and the executioner, and then they went through the process of let's bring in an independent arbiter, and then you bring one in, and now you go against her ruling. He said that's a bad look. I also think some people certainly uh, feel like six games is way too low, but as I said yesterday, there's a sizable group of people that think it's high or just right or that Watson's been wrong. And again, on the radio show last night, we took calls about this, and maybe half, if not most, of the callers were, were siding, if you will, with Watson. So I don't. I think, yes, yeah, some people feel that it's, it was too low, but some people don't. And so I think the NFL will weigh that in determining whether or not they appeal. Now, here's why I think they should. Because as you said, the, the independent arbiter, Sue L. Robinson, she ruled that the NFL proved its case, right? She said they Correct. proved that Watson uh, violated the three provisions of the conduct policy, all three of them, sexual assault, he put the masseuses in genuine danger and, and their well-being was in danger, and he made the uh, NFL, he undermined the integrity of the NFL. The reason, though, that she only gave six games was because she based her ruling entirely on the past precedents that the league had set. Ezekiel Elliott being suspended six games and so on and so forth. Kareem Hunt for multiple domestic violence uh, violations being suspended only eight games. And so she based it entirely on that. So a lot of people were talking yesterday about, hey, you can't say anything about Goodell, those past rulings, Calvin Ridley, Tom Brady, Deflategate, so on and so forth. Those were Goodell. This is an entirely different situation. Well, it's not because she based it entirely on the past precedent. So that tells me, Wilds, the NFL needs a new precedent. So Goodell needs to appeal. The league should appeal it. I believe Goodell should make it a harsher punishment, maybe 10 games. I think 10 games, a lot of people would look at and say, okay, that's a punishment. He's going to essentially miss the whole, you know, the bulk of the season. It will hurt, you know, himself and his team. Because right now it looks like Deshaun is winning. I hate to even use that phrase when – you know, this is a situation as it is, 
But he's only got six games. He obviously didn't face any criminal charges. He got the greatest contract in NFL history. It looks like everything's going his way, and I don't think that's the look that needs to be out there. It, he need, it needs to look like he is serving some, uh, paying his dues, if you will. And I think a 10-game suspension yes. or something about that would do that. So they need a new precedent, Wilds. For if it happens again, so, uh, they'll I, have a new precedent. So building off of the paying his dues part, I want I think you both laid out good points on why I also expect the league to appeal this. And Nick, I want to talk about specifically financial. Because even yeah. if the if the league, you know, folded their hand, so to speak, said, okay, six games, they are not going to allow Deshaun Watson to lose $345,000 in game checks with no fine. And it's being reported that Calvin Ridley was fined $11 million. He wasn't fined. He just missed $11 million worth of game checks. DeAndre is losing $5 million worth of game checks. And Deshaun Watson is losing $345,000. Now, Albert, Albert Breer reported that the league made... An offer to Deshaun Watson's camp, the last reported offer, he said, is, was a 12-game suspension with a fine close to $10 million. So 10 even million. Yep. I expect the, the, the league to come back and try to increase games, but definitely try to levy a fine. Well, especially because, again, some of the... What I would say, you know, the defenders, if you will, of Deshaun Watson have argued, he, well, he was de facto suspended all of last year. No, he was not. Before any of this came out, he made it clear he did not want to play for the Texans ever again and was not planning to play for the Texans ever again. And maybe most importantly, he got his full salary last year. He simply did not right. play. And so I totally agree with that, that there needs to – there has to be some type of real financial penalty with teeth that the that his own that his agent and I understand what an agent's job is and I understand what a union's job is. So I'm not I'm not casting aspersions at either one of those parties for doing what they are here to do. His agent got him a great contract and the union has defended him as best as they can. But the fact that they wrote the contract in a way anticipating that even if it was a season long suspension he was going to lose out on less than a million bucks, seemed untenable. And I also just lastly, I, I want to say something for, before we move on. I found a lot of the parts of this ruling to be incredibly uncomfortable. And I understand what Brew is saying about that it, there was precedent, but there, there were parts of it that were the judge's own calls that feel to me like I would want to take another look at it. The part where it said he now only can get massages from team you know masseuses how does that land if you're a team masseuse for the cleveland browns that's like wait hold on a second i didn't sign up for that that to me felt was incredibly uncomfortable and the 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 continually calling it non-violent sexual uh, uh conduct or sexual assault i thought was highly problematic and i i think that the league is fortunate that this independent arbiter was happened to be a woman, because I think if the I think if this same ruling comes down and it's coming from the voice of a man, I think there are even more problematic issues with how it's being received. And so I don't think the league can st stand on any of this, Jenna. 
And I think that they are going to find a way to have a far harsher punishment than the one he is currently sitting in. Currently sitting six games, and again, the NFL has two more days now uh, to appeal this decision if they decide that is the direction uh, they want to go in. We are going to take a turn now, and I got a question for you. We're going to stick with some football. Who the heck is running the Patriots offense this season? I, I, I think we, we may have an answer, actually. We'll tell you on the other side, first things first. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So, to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash FTF. NetSuite.com slash FTF. NetSuite.com slash FTF. After defeating Sheamus, the Scottish warrior Drew McIntyre sets his sights on the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. Plus, all the fallout from an action-packed SummerSlam. It's an all-new edition of Friday Night SmackDown, live at 8 Eastern, 7 Central on Fox. Let's go. There you go. Uh, we head up to New England, talk some Patriots now. Arguably the most successful team ever to start a season with one head coach and zero coordinators. Also probably the only team to do that. Well, Patriots writer Tom Curran said, hang on, because senior offensive assistant Matt Patricia, former defensive coordinator of the Patriots, will actually serve as the chief engineer of the Patriots offense. He writes, Belichick has devoted a lot of his practice attention to observing or helping with the offense. Almost all of it, actually. But he's giving his coaches latitude to run things, stepping to the periphery during practices and ceding control to Patricia in particular. All right, Kevin Wilds, what do you make of all this? Here's what I make of it, Jenna. I trust the chef of the restaurant to organize the menu and the offerings as he sees fit. And I am there to consume them like the Patriots glutton that I am. Everybody knows that everything runs through <laughs> Bill Belichick and everyone should be totally fine when you've got the best coach of all time in all of professional sports running your operation. I'm sorry, and I'm sorry, a quick apology to like the Sir Alex Ferguson fans that get in my mention. Okay, you want to put Sir Alex Ferguson and Bill Belichick? I'm okay with that. <laughs> so here's the thing. I want to show you a quote panel, Broussard. This is from March when uh, Belichick was asked, ah, oh, what's the deal with all these coordinators? Here's what he said. We have jobs to do. We'll do the jobs. We won't be calling any plays for a while. Don't have any games for a while. Here's what Matt Patricia said yesterday. 
We're really trying to get through today's practice. Fortunately, we don't have a game tomorrow. Now, no, Matt Patricia has called all the plays in, uh, in the practices. Joe Judge is there, but it's really Matt Patricia's running the show. Everybody knows it, but everyone is in lockstep following Belichick. So I feel totally confident. And here's the other thing. We can show a little picture of my guy, Mac Jones, and the dramatic improvement. Belichick got out of kind of, I don't know, his normal Belichick persona last week and started <laughs> giving Mac Jones compliments like it was Christmas morning. Well, yesterday, luckily, he rolled it all back, and we got back to the Patriots' way. Take a listen. Dramatic improvement in, in Mac Jones. Uh, can you describe what that meant to you when you said that? Well, I, I think, you know, that's true for really almost all players in their second year, and, and he certainly falls into that category. <laughs> ah, so there we go. You know what? He falls into the category. We are back on brand, Broussard, so I am not nervous at all. Belichick's running the show. Open up in Miami Welcome week back, one. That'll Belichick. be a W. So overall, I am feeling good. Not worried. Welcome back. All right. Wilds. Uh, first of all, that was a it was a cute opening spiel with the cute. chef talking all that. Stuff. I knew he was going to hit you with the yeah. cute. Oh, it's so brutal when Drew hits you with Nick, the cute. And, 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 <laughs> oh, I knew it. And I hate to remind you that the chef, if you will, Belichick is has oh. made the playoffs twice in his eight years without Tom oh Brady. God. You get mad when I say it, but it's a fact. Century. I'm the fact that we're literally talking about the last I'm century. I'm just saying. Now, look, Wilds, I, I do like to support your fantasies about the Patriots and Mac Jones because, honestly, I think Nick is just downright mean to you when it comes to Mac Jones, all right? So I genuinely oh, like I to support you, but in this one, I can't. I can't. I'm going to read a few names to you. These are generally, maybe I miss a guy or two or three, but these are generally sure. the best play callers slash offensive coordinators in the league. Andy Reid, oh, Kellen Moore, Byron Leftwich, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur, Josh McDaniels. What do they all have in common? They spent their entire careers as head coaches, as assistant coaches, on the offensive side of the ball. Their entire careers on the offensive side of the ball, whether it was offensive coordinator, quarterbacks, coach, receivers, tight ends, whatever. Matt Patricia has coached for 24 years. A little bit of that in college, Division III, but mostly in the NFL. In two of those 24 years, two, he spent on the offensive side of the ball. And those were on the offensive line, which I get it is very important, but still only two seasons out of 24 on the offensive side of the ball. And now you're not only giving your offense to this defensive guy, but you are putting the season of your second year quarterback, Matt Jones, who really needs to bond with his offensive coordinator in the hands of a defensive coach. I, it just doesn't oh. make any sense, Wiles. And while I'd like to support you, I can't. You can't this is not good. It's not good. 
Of course yeah. it's not good. Oh, it's unsupportable. You. And Wilde's tortured restaurant analogies aside, what if it's a restaurant that is living off its reputation, is not that great anymore, and by the way, they don't let the chef shop for the groceries anymore either. Because over the last eight years, he hasn't picked a fresh eggplant to save his damn life. Or avocados or any of the great <laughs> produce he used to be so good at well, finding Walmart. in the bargain bins. Well, what about that? But here, so Wilde's, you know, I'm a numbers guy, so I did a little calculation, a little back of the napkin for with one of my proprietary yeah, algorithms that I don't share with the, you know, the formulas with people. And let's just talk about in the Patriots Belichick era, the collective brain power wisdom. Can we have Wild on the screen while we do this, please? Uh, of the quarterback and the offensive coordinator. <laughs> so you have Charlie Weiss. And a young Brady, a very green Tom Brady, yep. on a scale of 1 to 100, I would say that's 65 points of collective brain power. Charlie Weiss, the decided schematic advantage. 65. Brady didn't know what he did. Nobody, I'll give it a 65. You then have veteran Brady okay. and a young Josh McDaniels. You know what? I'll give that 75 yeah, points because of the j massive jump from Brady. 75. You then have MVP okay. Brady with Bill O'Brien. And while Bill O'Brien was not a good general manager and was a mediocre head coach, was a good offensive play caller, I'll give that 80 points. And then you have the top 80. shelf, old, mm. brilliant Brady, has seen everything, plus humbled and older veteran Josh McDaniels. I'll give that 98 points. So then what do 98. we give? Yeah, what do we give Matt Patricia? Oh, I like a this. A defensive I, coach. I get it. And second-year Mac right. Jones. What's that? A 14, a 9, a 21 at best? Like, what are we What are we talking about here? On that, you, you have Weiss and Brady. You then have McDaniels and Brady. You then have Bill O'Brien and Brady. You then have old right Brady and McDaniels again. And now we have a guy who to this day is not figured out you can't write on laminated paper with a pencil and a, a quarterback <laughs> who spent his off season getting rid of the baby fat. Like, well, really, what are we, what, what is Mahomes and Reed it, on that I, scale? I what is Allen and, go I ahead. Yeah, please tell me. Yeah, no, I think okay. it's low because what, what was the lowest one that you said? 21? Because I think nine. it's 60. Yeah, nine. 21 no? is the lowest. Nine? Yeah. I could nine. go lower. It was nine. Yeah. It was nine. Jenna, I could yeah. go lower. I could go seven. As in our seventh Super Bowl ring coming up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Fell into my trap. Seven Super Bowl he's rings. He's so dumb. <laughs> Guys, he's just dumb. He's oh, just a dumb He's delusional. Uh, all right. Patriots <laughs> sort of have an offensive coordinator, and the Chiefs sort of have an offense. I'm kidding, Nick. But how confident should Chiefs fans even be in a Tyree kill less offense this season? We discuss next. First Whoa. things first. Uh, run the no huddle now. We got to start in Kansas City. It is no Tyreek, no problem for the Chiefs offense. New receiver Marquez Valdez Scantling said over the weekend, quote, with Mahomes back there, we can pretty, pretty much do anything. Nick, I got to ask you, how confident are you in the Chiefs offense this season? Oh, Jen, I, listen, it's now August. It is now football season, and I don't want to get ahead of myself. But on a scale of 1 to 10, my confidence 
Oh, it's a 10. You know why? It's not only that they might have the best offensive line in football. It's not only that the sky is not only blue, but the sky is open. That is offensive rookie of the year, Sky Moore, who's going to be wide open all year. But it's also because what's this when Patrick Mahomes looks that way? Oh, that's a chip on his shoulder. Where'd that chip come from? Oh, from all the chatter about what's he going to be without Tyreek Hill. And then when he looks here, what's that? Oh, my God. That's a second chip on his shoulder due to his performance in the second half against the Bengals. His first true professional failure that was not on a disastrous offensive line or anything like that. He just simply didn't answer the bell. So a two-chip shoulder Patrick Mahomes, a great offensive line, a running back core that goes four deep. Do you even know the Chiefs got Ronald Jones? Oh, they did. They might not even play him. They're so deep there. And... The future offensive rookie of the year? Oh, my God. 10 out of 10. 10? I'd go 11 out of 10. But like I said, I am not prone to hyperbole, my friends. Okay. (laughs) So unlike the last segment, when Nick's personal jealousy and professional animosity clouds his takes, I will be an arbiter of true Chiefs analysis, which is this. I'm at about an 8.5, Broussard, and here's okay. why. Right. Mahomes yeah. has been I putting freaking... a lot of creativity on tape, and you know I'm a, a highlight guy. I will fall in love with a highlight, specifically the behind-the-back pass. So last year, at an indoor training facility, he teased us okay. with that. Kind of a longer pass out to the flat. I was like, woo, that would work. We never saw it. We were flirting with it, never saw it. This year already, He has broken out two behind-the-back passes that we've caught on film. Here's the first one. A little fake handoff, throws that out there, and then does his little Mahomes shuffle. Then yesterday, or maybe this was maybe been on Monday, we saw another one, this one going to Clyde Edwards' lair. The fact that he's practiced this so much makes me feel super confident. Then, for Sart, he also has this one, a little hook shot. Maybe this is an ode to uh, Nick Wright's top 50 list. <laughs> Kareem's upset over Jordan. Unstoppable Confirmed. pass. So, look, Broussard, I would love to, that. for the benefit of the show, put a real, uh, you know, burr in Nick's saddle and say that I don't believe in the Chiefs offense, but I am at an 8.5 out of 10. Well, Wilds, look, I hate to agree with Nick. You know that, but I'm at a 10, oh, too. Look, yes. the offense is going to be phenomenal. Yes. A 10. The offense is going to be phenomenal. He's still, for all you Aaron Rodgers fans out there, Mahomes is still the best quarterback in the NFL. You mentioned the running game, Nick. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's got a chip on his shoulder as well. And he's got Ronald Jones there to push him, as you said. And look, despite losing Tyreek, I got to be honest. I love the receiving core. Okay, obviously you still got Kelsey. McCole Hardman, I like Hardman. I like Hardman even better than Nick does. Juju Smith-Schuster, possession receiver to come in and help that intermediate game against those cover twos. And then Marquez Valdez-Scantling, MVS, one of the best deep threats in the league. Look at this. Since he entered oh, the league in 2018, oh. he's got the greatest Speaking yards my per love reception language. Huh. in the NFL. And la- everybody talks about, oh, he drops all these passes. Didn't drop a single pass last year. All right? But but 
His boy Aaron Rodgers was so zeroed in on Devontae that he ignored MVS a little bit. So I don't think Mahomes is going to ignore him like that. Look, I I love it. I love it. Um, They're going to be awesome on that side of the ball. You got Andy Reid obviously calling the plays. So, yeah, Yeah. I, I hate to agree with the other side of the screen, but it is what it is. Why? You get to what, be right. Well, also, Jenna, I think that Mahomes will have a lot of opportunities to show a lot of these fancy plays and have to throw the ball a lot when the defense is being lit up by one Mr. Unstoppable. Uh, and then Justin Herbert's probably going to light you up a little okay. bit. Who knows what First Josh all, McDaniel's going to uncork out there in Vegas. You didn't even get the Wilds oh, what did asked, I say? Unstoppable? Wilds asked to go nicknames. again just so he could get Russell Wilson's nickname wrong. Just move on. Say it Just right. Move on. Wilds, take Say a lap. Maybe Wilds, it's a trick a to get you like to say it. Unlimited. It's okay. It's take right. a lap. Uh, meanwhile, the quarterback, the quarterback competition between Baker Mayfield and Chris Broussard's guy, Sam Darnold, it rages on. Yep. Rages oh, on, guys. First day of pads yesterday. Good day for Baker, according to Panthers beat writer Steve Reed, who tweeted Mayfield was, quote, starting to show some swagger, Broussard. I mean, he might have his swagger back. We don't know. Maybe he does. Broussard, is Baker a lock to be the Panthers' week one starter against his former Browns team? That's a good matchup. Here we go. First, First let me say this, Jenna. I refuse to yeah. let Nick Wright. He's going to try. I refuse to let him paint me as a Darnold guy. Okay? Because I'm not a Darnold guy. I'm just telling you that it is not a lock. I do think Baker will win the job because I think Baker is better. But a lock? No, it's not a lock. If it were a lock, he would be the starter. Does Matt Rule have time to waste? Does, does, Does he have first team reps to waste? With not giving him the Baker Mayfield? No, he's on the hot seat. If he knew Baker Mayfield was the guy, then he'd have him in there with the first team as much as possible. But he doesn't. They're alternating back and forth. One day, Darnold's with the first team. The other day, Baker's with the first team. Now, Baker had a great day yesterday. I was reading about him. Looked awesome at practice. But the Charlotte Observer is keeping score, Nick. And so far, oh. in the five days that they practice, is- it is two wins for Baker and two wins for Darnold. And they gave one to the backups, PJ uh, and all that. So they got two wins apiece. So this is a real okay. battle royal. It's a real Donnie Brook, a nail biter. And okay. I think it okay. might go down to the wire. Here's a, Not a I will Brooke. throw this at you, though. <laughs> I'll throw this at you, Nick, because oh, you yeah, like to you. diss Sam Darnold yeah, as please. if he's done nothing. He hadn't done as much as Baker. I do yeah. that. But last year, when Christian McCaffrey was in the backfield, oh, he stop. went 3-0. and Average, huh? can a brother finish? Average almost 300 yards a game and had, in the first four games, had three straight 300-yard games. Guess who's never had three straight 300-yard games? In fact, never had more than three 300-yard games in a season. Yeah, Baker Mayfield, your boy. See, so, no, is, it's not so, a lock. I think you'll get it. Not a lock. This is, okay. You're a Darnold guy. See, that's oh, what I'm God. saying. I'm I was a fact going so to give Drew I'm a fact I was going to give Work Drew. Sam Darnold. Y'all ain't used I to I was going to give Drew credit for, you know, 
reaching back to his newspaper past to give a shout out to the Charlotte Observer. America, subscribe to your local newspaper. The only people keeping local politicians honest. It's very important. It's worth your $8 a month. But then instead, he then just goes to where he has to where there's something in Brew's brain where maybe he just like wants to root for the underdog. I don't know. He just loves these mediocre quarterbacks. He, he's a Jimmy G guy, he's a Tua guy, and he's a Darnold guy. Those are his quarterbacks. I don't totally understand James. it. Me, I'm more of a Mahomes, Herbert. Yeah, Jameis, <laughs> another one. Those are his guys. That Thanks. Thank you that for proving my right point. I appreciate it. <laughs> I told you, so America I do not listen. To put, I don't, wait, they're listening to you. I don't need, listen, of course Baker's a lot to be the week one starter. And here's why. I, I want to show you a couple graphics, Wilds. And I don't need to put any qualifiers on. These are games with Christian McCaffrey before the octurnal moon. No, this is just the last two years of Sam Darnold. How's he been? And the answer is worse than anybody. I mean, there's only 32 teams, America, and he's not in the top 40 of anything. Okay, well, what about the entirety, width, and, width and breadth of their careers? What about Baker's best versus Darnold's best, Baker's worst versus Darnold's worst? Oh, okay, so Baker's best is exponentially better than Darnold's best, and Darnold's worst is exponentially worse than Baker's worst. So, Wilds, there's a couple reasons someone can have swagger. And you and Brew know this from your hoops days. Brew played in college. Wilds played very high-level intramural. Wilds is a very, very good basketball player. Sometimes you take the court with your five, and you have swagger because... No, I'm serious. Wilds is a very, very good basketball player. Sometimes you take the court with your five, and you have swagger because your jumper's falling, because you just feel oh, yeah. you're in the zone. And sometimes you take the court with your five and you have swagger because you look at the other end of the court and you see the other five and you say, those guys are a bunch of doofuses and they can't beat us. That's where Baker's swagger is coming from. I don't care what the Charlotte Reserve said about how he played. He just knows the guy he's competing with is Sam Darnold. So he's walking with all the swagger in the world because he's competing with Sam Darnold. That's fair. Uh, you know what I think of the biggest it's not fair. determiner of Baker's success? Swagger calibration. Too much swagger for Baker. Starts throwing interceptions. Starts rolling out of the pocket. Trying to make plays that aren't there. An appropriate amount of swagger is very important for Baker, Jenna. It's kind of like I'm running this, uh, training for this half marathon. And you know you got to do your training, Jenna. And I, my watch goes off when I'm running too fast. It's too much, too much. I'm going to have a similar thing for Baker. Too much swagger oh, if he starts doing those like Oklahoma pregame dances. Whoa, take it down. What's a, what's a, that's not a double. Oh, I'm training for a marathon and my watch has to slow me down. Can I tell you something? I'm so fast. I'm training a for a half double marathon. It's like, it's like the <laughs> ultimate cop no, I'm it's training like a, for half it's a marathon and I'm literally too fast for <laughs> modern <laughs> technology. Like, yeah, try my watch is like slow He's down. Right by You're going to burn you. up your sneakers. <laughs> I mean. We've got the latest on Deshaun Watson's suspension. Coming up on the other side, we have much more first things first when we come back. Saturday Baseball Night in America on Fox. Aaron Judge leading the Yankees. I mean, just Aaron Judge facing off against the Cardinals. It might as well be just him. Or you might see the Reds in an NL Central showdown against the Brewers. That's a good race heating up. 
Tune in for all the action Saturday, 7 Eastern, only on Fox. All right, stories to start your morning brought to you by Subway. Try the all-new Subway series menu, your pick of 12, irresistible new subs. We're talking Kevin Durant. We still don't know his plans for next season. What we did learn, quite an interesting little nugget from his former Nets teammate Mike James yesterday. Take a listen to this, guys. When I went back overseas, it was like, all right, whoever sees it in first, the other one going to come to watch, like, the playoffs. Mm. And when I first said it, I thought, okay, you're going to be in the finals. I'm going to get to go to the finals. That's lit. Right. So when they was trash and they was losing, I called him one day. I was like, all right, so you know what this means, right? You're going to come to my playoff game. <laughs> he was like, there's no way I'm coming to your playoff game. And then like a week later, he called me before the playoffs started. He's like, yeah, I'm going to be there in, in like a couple of weeks, dog. We finna lose. Nick, 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 you flagged this. Is this something or nothing? Well, it's definitely something. The question is how big of a something. So we have done our damnedest to figure out which playoffs Mike James is talking about here, and we can't quite figure it out. So, Mike, here's the problem. We all agree that if Kevin Durant called Mike James before the NBA playoffs started and said we're fitting to lose, that is an awful look for everyone involved. However, Mike James, if he's talking about his playoffs – It's a little different. The problem then is Mike James played in two different playoffs this year. A EuroLeague playoffs, which started around the same time as the NBA playoffs, and then an Italian League playoffs, which started a month after KD's team was eliminated. So the kindest reading of this brew, and the reading that I think is probably the right one, is KD said this once the Celtics-Net series was not only underway, but if we want to be extra kind, once they were down 3-0. And it's like, yeah, man, we're fitting to lose. This is not, we're not turning this thing around. And if that's what happened, then I don't have a huge problem with it. Because it, that is the realistic reading, that is the reality of being down 3-0. And it's the reality, by the way, of playing for the Nets when it's not the next year Nets. They're not going to win a title. Everyone Uh-oh. knows that except for Chris Broussard. So I, so... If he said this, Brew, before the NBA playoffs started or after Tatum's buzzer beater in game one, it's obviously far more problematic. But if he said it when they were down 3-0 already, I don't have a huge issue with it. I I do want to give KD the benefit of the doubt. It's It's hard to believe he would have said it heading into the playoffs. There's no reason for them to think they couldn't have beat Boston. Like you said... That was the closest, you, you, closest first round sweep ever. 18 points, had a chance to win. All right. And, and that game won four games by 18 points. That game won. We know if Tatum doesn't hit that great layup at the buzzer, man, it could be a whole different thing. So, man, maybe it kills, it kills your argument, Nick, though, that KD didn't, because you were saying earlier in the segment when we did it. KD doesn't believe. KD knows they can't win. Now you have to admit, KD didn't quit on that team heading into the playoffs. All right, so we're going to go with that kind reading. But here's the thing. Mm -hmm. Even if it were before 3-0, I'll give KD this. It's your boy. You're talking privately. We know he wouldn't have come out publicly and said, we're done. We have no chance. I give you that. (laughs) You're talking with your guy. But still... Still, when you're as good as Kevin Durant, when your teammate is Kyrie Irving, 
You always should believe you have a chance, especially in the first round. All right? Did LeBron James, Nick, did he, you, you said it was realistic. Did LeBron, was he realistic when they were down 3-1 in 2016 when he had the same Kyrie Irving as a teammate against the great Golden State Warriors in the NBA Finals? No, he believed. Was, was sex, Steph and Clay? Did they give up? Were they realistic, to use your word, when they were down 3-1 against Kevin Durant's Oklahoma City Thunder in the 2016 Western Conference Finals? No, they believed. And when you're as good as those guys, LeBron, Clay, Steph, and Kevin Durant, and you have a teammate as great as Kyrie Irving, Wilds, you should always believe. And I hope that this isn't KD with no belief. Because when you look at the roster, Kyrie, Ben Simmons coming back, a great su- uh, supporting cast of role players, T.J. Warren, who was a great in the bubble, all right, and Patty Mills and all these guys, KD should believe this could be a window into okay. his thinking of why he wants to leave. Oh, I don't believe. We're- you should believe. There's no need to go elsewhere, KD. You got enough in Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah. So this is why I love this story. Because over here, and we were trying to do it in the break, we were like, look, Nick was looking up different EuroLeague playoff formats, and we're like, Nick, stop. We just have to say we can't figure it out. So here's what we came up with. (laughs) April 25th was the Nets' last game against Celtics, and what Broussard continues to refer to the closest sweep of all time. Hey, roll with it. And April 29th, KD was at Mike James' game, uh, in an Oakland A's hat. So I don't know where the weeks came from, where Mike James, in the conversation, he says, Ooh. when, quote, they were trash or playing like trash. So here's the problem, Broussard. Yeah. There's a lot that we don't understand, that we don't know, that we can't quite get our timeline locked in on. You know what we can get locked in on? Doesn't seem like Katie believes in the Nets now, though, right? If he says, you know what? We're not going to be good. We're not going to make a playoff run. Thus, I want off of this team. So for everything we don't know about this timeline, it feels like the one thing we do know is that KD doesn't believe as you run through the roster in Kyrie's chances to make the playoffs with the Ben with Ben Simmons and Steve Nash and Sean Marks and Patty Mills and who you referred to as a bubble baller, TJ Warren, or Royce O'Neal, yeah, who I don't TJ. believe he's called yet. So... The only thing I know yeah. is that KD doesn't believe right now, Broussard. And, and by the that's way, that's more on, of an indictment. If, oh. if that's true, that's an indictment on KD, Nick, not the Nets. That's an indictment on – if he doesn't look at that roster and believe that they could be really good, a contender. Oh I'm not God. predicting Why them to win the out? championship. A contender. If he doesn't look at that roster, as much respect as he has for Kyrie's game, Ben Simmons – Really? He shouldn't look at that roster and think they can contend, Nick. No. That's an indictment on no. him if that's the case. Because it's a, for most Why it, not? it's basically the same roster they've had the last two years. They haven't been contenders. They've had a worse they've last two years injured. than the Atlanta Hawks. Also not contenders. And this t- by the way, so there's a few facts here. One is you TJ just Warren in the last year has played four games. Guys not the, playing. And, and TJ Warren in the bubble had three games where he scored more than 23 points. They were a great three games, but he was not this man on fire in the bubble. What he when, by the way, his team what also he got in swept. The bubble? Well, 
In the playoffs in the bubble, he averaged 20. In the regular season, the eight games in the bubble, I think he averaged about 30 because he had a 50-point game and it was an eight-game okay. sample. But that's, that's neither here nor there. Here's a real quote with a date line on it, okay? I was looking this up during the segment because I remembered it. To be honest, I feel like our season was derailed by my injury. That was Kevin Durant in April. Kevin Durant had been telling us for a long time when he started talking about the Nets season in past tense. He knew this wasn't a championship team. He's telling his friends not a championship team. He then tells management they're not a championship team. Because they're not. They don't have a real coach. Their point guards are play. No, they don't have any other Because of wings. his You're injury. the only one who believes in him. Don't you, you no, leave out injuries. Who in him. You leave out are the you vaccination process. You're leaving it out. Revisionist. Okay. Revisionist. The season that just keeps on giving. The off season.